I hope and pray from the songs that were sang here today that you can, uh, you know, so many times if we would just let the Lord, we'd just turn loose. We'd let down our guard. If we'd let down the things, the troubles, the burdens, the cares, the things that's distracting us, if we just let that, put that out of our mind and just let the Holy Spirit come in and, and, and just let Him breathe on us. And that song, when how you saying, when heaven touched earth, you know, I've been in spots where when I've, heaven has touched earth and I was standing in the middle of it. And it was, you know, it was not no lightning strike, but it was just the most calm, peaceful. And when heaven touches earth, the Holy Spirit will fill a person and be able to use that person. And the Apostle Paul, I believe, is probably the greatest New Testament apostle uh, that, that he done so much for the Gentile world. Y'all, we forget that we are, 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 are Gentiles. We forget how lucky we are. Uh, how by his ministry and, you know, the, his determination to work harder and harder. Paul had done so much wrong. Okay, I, I want you to listen to me. The Apostle Paul had done so much wrong before he became Paul when he was Saul of Tarsus. He'd done so much to downgrade the church, to tear the church apart, to, to, and, and when Jesus Christ come to him that day on the road to Damascus, you know, I, I hope and pray everybody in here knows, feels, remembers, goes back to their Damascus Road, the day that Jesus met them. I hope you can, in your mind, everything inside of you, I mean, I, I hope and pray that that moment that Jesus Christ spoke to you through the Spirit of God, I hope that, I hope you cherish that forever. I hope you go back to that daily and remember how, how miserable you were, how bad you were, where you were headed, the things that was going to happen to you because of your sin. You were separated from the love of God and you were just, you were a miserable sinner bound for a devil's hell. And yet God loved you in that state so much that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever, whosoever, anybody, no matter what they've done, if they would just accept that grace, the, the gift that God gave us, if you just accepted that plan of salvation and let the Lord in and, and, and accepted Him as Lord of your life and as Savior too, but y'all, we need to go back to that day. We need to go back to that day. I mean, you know, I, I wake up, and I ain't going to say I do it every day, but weekly, I, I remember several days a week going back to that 12-year-old boy at Profile Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Alabama on a Sunday night when Brother Lee Burroughs was preaching the, his heart out and I was sitting on that second row. I just remember, I remember the night I turned loose and said, God, I accept you. And he come in and he filled and it's just one of those things that was the, the, the best, I mean, that's one of the most precious gifts in life I've ever received. I remember the joy of the day that, 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 that Tammy that went in the hospital. And the next day, Christy and Jubal, they remember Tracy was being born and Will was both in labor. And I remember when the doctor handed Will to me and I could see that life in my hand. You know, I remember that day that, 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 that I was dead. I was dead in my sin. 
and I was down in my trespasses, and, and God, I remember the day that I was handed that new life. I was been a new creature had been created and had come to life. I was born free of sin, free of death. And I'm so thankful that I want to share that with as many people as I can. That it's the joy of being saved. Just how grand and great and gracious it is. But so many times we forget what has happened in life, where we've come from and what we've done. Y'all, we got to work on the inner man. How many of you ever been into a store and there is a, 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 a makeup counter? All kind of makeup to make the external, visible part beautiful. Hair salon, any color you want, you know, multiple colors if needed. You know, all these things, we spend billions and billions of dollars on external beautification, nice clothes to, to, to look our best. But y'all, every day this body is dying. This external body that you see every day, every week, y'all, it's getting worse. Every day is getting worse. It's getting worse. It's deteriorating. It's decaying. It's, it's, it's dying. I have faced the fact that if the rapture don't take place, this body's going to die. But each and every day, the inner man that's inside of me, the man that God has created inside of me, is coming to life more vibrant. There's more life. There's a renewed life. It feels like it's getting younger and younger and more energy and more strength and it's able to understand and comprehend and to do more and to understand more because the inner man, the inner man is, 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 is being strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Y'all, we're fighting a battle. If you're fighting that external battle trying to stay young, you're going to waste a fortune and you're going to lose that battle. But if you would put the efforts on that inner man, we got to focus on the inner man. And in Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, Paul goes through and he tells us about the wonderful riches that we have through Jesus Christ, all the spiritual blessings that we have. We have the forgiveness of sin, verse 7, in whom we have the redemption uh, through His blood, the forgiveness of sins uh, according to the riches of grace. Says uh, verse number fifteen, wherein I also, after I heard of you of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and love for all the saints, he sees not to give thanks. The more we hear about people being saved and turning their life over to Jesus, it creates a joy in our heart as we've seen those here in the last, I guess, month and a half to two that's come and gave their life to Christ. It put a, a fire in the church. It, it ignited that which that inner man or inner woman that was in us. It gave us that excitement to know God's still saving people, that it's not done, that the Word is not returning void. The efforts we put into Rooted and Redeemed and the Wednesday night youth and the Sunday school and everything, the children's church is taking place right now, that none of this stuff is in vain. And Paul, you know, Paul was one of them, you know, he was a firm believer. He wanted to, he would go over things several times. You know, I remember as a child, and I remembered how to quit talking in class. Because I had to stand there and write on the chalkboard about 250 times, I will not talk. Write it again, I will not talk. Write it again, I will not talk. 
And by the time I got down to that 250th sentence, I remembered, hey, you know what? I learned not to talk in class. Why? Repetition. How do we learn? How do you know, Andrew, how do y'all learn to run a plug? What do y'all do all week? Practice. Over and over and over and over and over. Repetition. What's happened to the people of God is we've gotten out of the Word of God. We will not repeatedly read the same verse over and over and ask God to enlighten us and strengthen that inner man. And Paul's saying right here, he's telling them all these wonders that they have through the blood of Jesus Christ and what God has made them into. And when we look at uh, chapter number 3, y'all, it starts out right here. It says, I, uh, for this cause, what cause? Paul's saying, for this cause, all this stuff I've just told you, he said, for this cause, I, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, and, and, and he has to stop right there. He can't go into the cause. He said, for the cause, for all this thing that I've just told you in one and two, he says, I want to stop right now. I want to pray for you. You have to jump down to verse 14. Don't you? Everybody look down to verse 14. Verses 2 through through 13 is a parenthesis. It's kind of one of them things that Paul said, okay, I'm fixing to do this, but he stops for just a second. And and he's going to jump into this prayer. He says, for this cause I bow my knee unto the Father of uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, and of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, uh, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with His with might by His Spirit. God is saying, I want to strengthen you. I want to strengthen you, Terramar Buckcroft. I want to make you stronger spiritually by my spirit. God says, I want to make you into the invincible man. He wants to make it where there's nothing that can spiritually harm you, hurt you, uh, slow you down. He wants to make you into that kind of man. Woman, boy, girl, He wants to give you that strength. But He wants to work on the inner man. He didn't say anything about making the outer man better, did he? Why? The Soviet Union, they used to believe you'd go in and take an old drunk, give him a new suit of clothes, give him a haircut, shave him, put a uniform on him, and that the external change would make the internal man different. And all they had was a clean drunk sin. But it's always said if you can change a man's heart, if you can get right there and get inside that bone and you get behind that hard foreskin, talks about the circumcision of the heart, peeling that hard skin around the heart to peel it off, to get to that tender heart, to where the Word could get inside that heart and change that heart. Y'all, the, the heart is the most the, the, the darkest, most deceiving organ, or, 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 or not really just an organ, it's a control center. Your heart is a control center. Your heart controls your brain. A lot of people want to argue and say the brain controls everything else. No, it does not. Because if the heart's not pumping blood to the brain, what happens to the brain? It'll quit. We, as individuals, as Christians, we have got to be changed on the inner man. We're going to come back to all this, y'all. This is... It says that Christ may dwell in you, in your hearts by faith that you be uh, being rooted and grounded in love. Y'all what if we got to, we got to get rooted and grounded to root a plant. How do you root a plant? You cut a sliver off and you put it some kind of stuff and, and put it in water for a while and you let that, that you let the, the water, the water's the word, water's the spirit. You let the spirit of God start growing roots on that plant, right? 
And then when the roots get long enough and strong enough and big enough, then you can take that plant and dig a hole and put the right kind of soil around that plant. And you can put that plant in there, but you've got to keep it watered and fertilized and you've got to take care of that plant. There's so many in here of the young people that's been saved and born again that if we can take and get their roots growing and get them in the fertile soil, we've got to get you here. You've got to be here. This is a fertile soil where the Word of God is preached and teached and sang about. It's so important. It says that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, what is the depth, what is the length, and what is the height, and to know the love of Christ. Y'all, Christ is, we'll never be able to know the riches of Jesus Christ. I mean, I've heard theologians that studied from the time they were 18 years old, graduated high school, went into the theological school, and they've studied the Bible their whole life, and they've read, and they've wrote down, and they've researched, and they've went to other sources. They've spent an entire life researching the riches of God, and they've never been able to deplete it. They've never come to an end of it. It is an endless thing. It is abounding and abounding and growing and going. It's never going to run out. We'll never deplete God's mercy. We'll never deplete His love or His riches, y'all. We can be as deep in God as we want to be, or we stay up on the shallow end with floaties on. And the problem with church today is we've got everybody in the shallow end of the pool. And if you don't have any roots, what happens when a storm comes through somebody? Come on. How many trees have you seen? i got one right now in my little pasture down there that's probably 50 foot tall and had a root ball on it. What was that big around? And we had a storm come by just back in April and so many people, have, that happens to us. Storm comes through in life and we're gone. We're not rooted and grounded in this church. We're not rooted and grounded in faith. We're not rooted and grounded in love. We're not rooted and grounded in grace or mercy or kindness or gentleness or long-suffering or patience. These are the things that we as Christians have got to do is let the, 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 the fruit of the Spirit run up and boil out and run over on people out of us. Why? Because they, I'm, I'm, some ladies at Profile Baptist Church was full of the Spirit. And they prayed in the altar for a young man to come to know that their, their fruit, their spirit, that spirit run out on me. Y'all, we as individuals, we've got to get back to this point. It says, now unto them that is able to do exceedingly. And I wish they had it. And abundantly. Above what I could think. And you know, I got a pretty wild imagination. You know, I take some crazy stuff. I mean, I come up with some just million dollar plans. That boy, at three o'clock in the morning, I bet I've built four hundred million dollars worth of stuff. And I ain't got a penny to show for it. But it says that he can do above and beyond what I could ever think or ask. Now you look at this, according to the power that works in us. I'm not waiting on the power. I'm not waiting on the Holy Spirit to come and give me a second feeling. The day I got saved, I got enough to do me, to run me, to help me, to make me, to do everything. And it's working in me right now. But it's how much authority 
then I give Him over my life. These are the things we've got to understand. And when we start understanding and working and letting all this stuff transpire, it says, Unto Him be the glory in the, uh, in the church by Jesus Christ through all the ages, a world without end. Amen. That's what Paul wanted to say to him, but he had to stop. After verse 1, he, this is what Paul wanted to do, but he wasn't able. He had to give them a review of chapter number 2 and uh, 1 and 2. And look back with me to verse number 2. It says, If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given unto to me, to you. It says Now Paul's writing a letter back to these people, okay? It's not like he's there talking to them. This is the letter that when Paul was sent, he'd been in prison nearly five years. You understand? Paul was in prison for nearly five years for preaching the gospel. He, he, he was sitting in jail for trying to get people to be saved, to have eternal life, to love, to, 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 to do good works, to do all these things. He'd been sitting in prison for over five years. And he was writing this letter back to them, trying to explain to them. He says, now you've heard the dispensation, the economy. We're stewards of, of, of these things. I want you to understand. This, this, this time, the grace of God. You know what? And, and we're going to get into it. The, the spiritual gift. God's grace is gifts. You understand that? Mercy is getting what you don't deserve. Amen? And grace is getting what you, getting things that you don't deserve. He's giving you these things. His grace is spiritual gifts. We're going to get into that in week two or week three. So please come back and be a part of this. I got a lot to teach you. But it says that, that how that by the revelation made known unto me of the mystery. Y'all, the mystery is something that it's, it's, it's not a, nobody knows this. The prophets foresaw it. They preached to the Messiah. They preached to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. They preached all these things, but it was not a worldly economic system. That's where we're so messed up. We think that we've got to vote this way to keep them from getting in office that they'll make things better. Man is going to destroy everything, okay? Why? Because the devil is in control of this world. The only way we can ever fix Washington, D.C. is to fix Spring Garden, Alabama. What do you mean, preacher? Well, if we can get everybody in Spring Garden saved and look into God's Word, and reading God's Word, and then we can go to Piedmont, and we can go to White Plains, Pleasant Valley, we can go back up to, uh, to, 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 to Fort Plains, Cedar, Cedar Bluff. You know, God don't give... Excuse me. God could care less about the United States of America. He could care less about Mexico. He could care less about Canada. God's chosen people is Israel, y'all. Now, just bear with me. Now, God loves everybody everywhere. But as far as this functioning in, in a vibrant, profitable, that's BS. I'm going to tell you that right now. God is not in politics. God is in redeeming people. God is for that one that, that, that he, he knows that last one that's going to accept Him as Lord and Savior. And then He's coming back to get the church. All this is just man-made garbage that all I can tell you to do is trust in God, be faithful, and if you're faithful, what does the Bible say He is? You do your job, what does He say to do? His job. And our job is to consume ourselves with this. To love the Lord, your God, 
with all your what? Heart, mind, body, and soul. And if we would get so wrapped up in the Word of God, none of this other stuff would worry us. It would not worry us who's what or what's who. And these things are trivial, y'all. Why? Because all through the Bible, you see where God's people followed God's instructions and He took care of them. They prospered them. He made a great nation out of them and they turned from God and He'd wipe them off the face of the earth. He'd let these foreign nations come in and overtake them and they'd be in captivity. So if you're not obeying God, He'll let you be put in captivity. If you do it your way, He'll let you go down that path. He'll, let, he'll give you enough rope you can hang yourself. You can get in the worst mess that you ever but if you'll trust in God with all your heart, mind, and soul and love Him, then I want you to understand these things right here. This is what Paul's trying to tell them about the mystery. What is the great mystery? Whereby you heard uh, or you read that you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in the other ages was not made known until the sons of men, nowhere in time till the day of Pentecost was the church. Now they started in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John right there till the end until Christ revealed the church to them. But the beginning, beginning part, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus Christ was talking about a heavenly kingdom coming. Did, did, it, did He change the Roman Empire? Did He change the economic system there in Jerusalem because they were, over, they were oppressed? Did Jesus speak anything to do in this world right then and there? He didn't change anything. Did He set slaves free? No. You still said slaves? You're born again? You be in subjection to your master? You work for your master whether He's harsh or not? You, you respect Him, you work for your master like you're working for me. He says, you be obedient, you do your job. He said, husbands, love your wives, treat them good. Don't matter how they treat you, you do your job. If we quit worrying about somebody else and they ain't doing their job, Jack ain't holding up his end of this deal here. He ain't helping me, he ain't praying for me. I'm going to start treating him like crap. Why would I do that? What kind of Christian am I? No, it says that we are to do our stay in your lane. You do your job. God will bless you even though those are, oh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, he, he leadeth me beside, beside still waters. He makes me lay down in green pastures. And I love the part down there that says He anoints my head with oil. He prepares a table in my buddy's house. No. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 23rd Psalm, read it. says, The Lord would sit there and everybody can hate me and try to put me down, try to persecute me, try to ruin me. And when I'm a faithful to God and obedient to Him, He'll put a spread out in front of me like you ain't ever seen before. He'll bless me and take care of me and shield me. It's like preacher. But my bank account. So what? If that's all you're concerned about, it says what you value, what you treasure, that's what your heart will be. If it's all about things, that's your reward. If I go back there and I go cut Norman's grass Saturday, 
Oh, before he'd work hard, I'm running up here cutting over his grass Saturday morning. I'm going to run up here Sunday morning. I'm going to run him walk. Oh. And I tell everybody, how hey, y'all, I've cut Brother Norman's grass Saturday morning. That's my reward right there. That's the, that's the most that God can do with it because I've done it for y'all to see. And so many of us live a life wanting everybody in it. it, it. Y'all, I, love, I would give this up in a heartbeat. You think I like having to stand up here and preach and, and do I love to study. That's the part I love. I don't like being up front of my brother. I can't read. I, I don't like this stuff. I love God. I want to do everything. I want to see people's lives change. I wish he had to call me to preach. Well, it'd be a lot easier to sit back there on the bench. I'm going to get you all a few weeks. Y'all wait. I'm coming after you. Oh, both feet. No, I love y'all. It says that Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promises in Christ by the gospel. Everything that God promised Christ that when we're born again, we get those. But y'all, this one thing right here. You see that? Fellow heirs, same body, partakers of His promises. Do y'all know what happened in 1926? What was the most, probably the most profound thing that happened for ladies in 1920? I'm sorry. Say that again. The right to vote. Thank you. How many ladies in here fought for that? Anybody here march, protest? So how profound was that, that they give ladies the right to voice their opinions in the political, economical system? They worked, they done, did they not deserve that? You know, we celebrate, we have memories of that, and I didn't ever, the day, the day slavery was abolished. So, preacher, you're going to get shot. Oh, man, so be it. I'll be at home. Slavery's not as big a deal as we've made it out to be. We're all slaves to sin. Every one of us was a slave to sin and death. I never owned a slave. My daddy didn't own My daddy was a slave. He worked. He, his daddy died and he was dirt poor. And he worked on three farms whenever he was 10, 11, 12, 13 year old just to help his grandmother out try to take care of this. But I want you to understand this right here. That the most incredible thing that happened is me as a Gentile or, 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 or any movement through the years that give folks vote rights or free slavery or done any of this thing, the most important thing was when God made it through Jesus Christ that I could be a fellow heir of the promises of Christ and I did not have to become a, a proselyte Jew first. I could go straight to the throne. Oh, glory. Come on, somebody. I want you to understand right here. It just gives me the ability I'm looking for. I'm just scanning right through here. Somebody sees go into the boldness, 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 boldness. Right here. According to verse 11, according to the eternal purpose which is He purposed in Christ our Lord in whom we have the boldness. Now this is all I want you to understand. Tom Brady. See, you got kids yet? No. Leslie? Okay. Tom Brady's out on the field after the Patriot won the Super Bowl. And all these people are around him. And they, they, I'm in the presence of Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks. Not the greatest, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL. 
And all these people are in the midst of this important, prestigious person. But yet his children could run through the middle of all them people, run up there and daddy will grab him, he'll stop talking, he'll stop and pick that child up, and that's me. As, 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 as who I am. I can run through the middle of all them old important, uh, Elijah, Moses, Peter. I can run through the middle of all them with a need and I can run straight to my father. And I can talk to him and he'll stop what he's doing and he'll listen to me. Little old me. Ah, the creator of the universe! The one who spoke everything in existence will take time out to stop and listen to me when I come to Him in prayer. And we take that for granted. Why? Because we're not operating in the inner man. We're operating in the external factors. Last week I talked to you about what? How do you say that word? Proselyte? No, 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 no. Practicality, practicalism, okay? I get this out. Charismaticism and philosophy. The, the treatment of, of the psychotherapy or, 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 or sociology. To, to, y'all, we're trying to operate in human flesh, our human ability, our human understanding. We're trying to do everything out of man's knowledge, and we're fighting spiritual warfare. You got demons, you got the devil. Coming at you with all they got to break you down, to rip you apart, to make you non-effective, to, to, to drag you off into the pits of hell. We're fighting the battle we can't even see. Satan can come into my house and he can start irritating me and aggravating me. I'd get mad and holler at my wife and start a fight with her. She's not my enemy. She is my protector. She is my equal. She is my helpmate. And the devil has, has tricked me into fighting the wrong battles. We as Christians get a little crossways with each other every now and then. Satan will slip into one of us or both of us, and we y'all, this is what we got to understand that we have got to strengthen the inner man. We got to strengthen the inner man, y'all. I'm closing. It says, Wherefore I desire that ye faint not. Y'all, I know you get tired. Y'all, I know you get weary. I know you get tied, tied up at work. You have family emergencies. You have family issues. But should God not be the first place you go to when you have a problem instead of it being your last resort? How many marriages would have been saved if they went to God first instead of running to Him last? Think about this. How many kids might have stayed out of jail if we'd have been in an altar praying for them? And seeking God's guidance as me as a dad and, and, and you as a mother to pray, God, give us wisdom to, to, to help that child. But we'll go read some book off of somebody that wrote How to Raise a Child and they've never had a child. i tell you this right now. I've, I've, I've coached some strong-willed kids. You know what that means in layman's terms? Brats. They're just pure, un, they, they don't respect nobody. Mama screams at daddy, talks to him like a dog. Daddy screams at mama and talks to her like a dog. They both scream at the kids and treat them like dogs, and the kids act like heathens. And they dump them out there on us coaches and say, here, you fix them. 
I was like, it's going to take more than me. They need the Holy Spirit. But y'all, we as an individual, we as a body, maybe I could pick up four of these chairs stacked up together. But I bet me and Jack could pick up ten together. Because the Bible tells that two can do more than twice the work that one can. We as a body, the body's got to come together in unity. That's what Paul's praying is that through all these things right here, you Jews and Gentiles, you, it don't matter if you're black or white, Chinese, Mexican, uh, 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 Italian, you know, okay, Chinese, it does not matter who, what national, I didn't choose to be born in Alabama. I had nothing to do with it. I was, well, I, I wasn't there when it happened. I was a product of it. You know, I could have just been easily born in China. You had nothing to do with being a United, to be an American. You had nothing to do with being. It. But yet, we want to separate ourselves from other nations. We're going to go to heaven with them if they're born again. Whose job is it to spread the word of God? Everybody that's been born again. But I'm going to get into spiritual gifts hopefully in two weeks. Everybody, y'all, please. Can, can I get a? Who who will tell me they'll be back in two weeks? We're gonna finish, y'all. I got to. I got to get you to understand this: that the Holy Spirit, when you were born again, God gifted you a talent. Has anybody ever told you what talents in the Bibles are? You ever been taught what spiritual gifts are? There's a lot of people who have no idea, and they think it's laying on. I hear you, brother. Speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues, those were apostles' gifts. Now, I, I, I'll show you. I won't, I won't. God, Jesus Christ Himself, anointed the apostles, the apostles, not the disciples, the apostles. He anointed them with special power, with special gifts. And they were the ones that had the gifts to do the miracles. Says we're in an age now that we don't need miracles, we don't need signs. All we need is to have faith in Jesus Christ and His finished work on Calvary Cross through the blood where we are redeemed. Why does the Bible say we walk by? Faith, not by sign. So if you have to have a sign, if you've got to see these, these special gifts and all this stuff for you to believe, you're going to die and go to hell. Why? Because you're not putting your faith in Jesus Christ. You're putting your faith in what you saw. And this is what us as a church has got to get back to teaching. I'm sorry, I'm so slow. Verse by verse by verse, the Word of God. If y'all will stand your feet, I'm going to say a prayer. i got a song I want Jason to play. This song just hit me this morning. Dear Lord, we bow before you this morning. We thank you. We praise you. Lord, we ask for every person in this room this morning, right now, Lord, that they would put their opinion aside. Lord, that they would set their opinions aside, and Lord, they would truly let you examine their heart right now in this minute. And Lord, there's so much that you have done. You, you, have, you have changed. Lord, there's a miracle happened at Goshen Valley Baptist Church over the last seven years. Your Spirit has become so powerful and so evident that it has moved and worked. And Lord, there's so many things that's taking place. And Lord, sometimes we forget to thank 
those for their efforts and, and the things that they do. Lord, if there's one here today that is lost, that has never accepted your Son in a free pardon of sin, that they've never truly been saved, Lord, and they know that they not, that, that you know beyond us, you know, you know, you know, if you've ever surrendered your heart to Jesus and that He truly is Lord of your life. Lord, I pray that you come to this offer. Lord, if there's any burden, if there's anything on somebody